fired up. Fourth down and goal from the nine. 17 seconds to go. The play clock at three. Shotgun snap. Car throws nice. into traffic. Nice. Intercepted. Nice. Nice. Jermaine Pratt Woo! has the football. Yeah. Coffin nails. Bam, bam, bam. How about that? It ends on a turnover. Joe Burrow takes the snap. He takes a knee. And after 31 years, yeah. the drought is over. It is no fluke. It is a fact. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Super Bowl 56. Look, we know what it takes and we're going to have and we know what we have to do. But at the same time, we're going to continue to do what we do and invest everything we can to get there. That's the bottom line. Show a little faith in us. Well, where are you going to go? Let's start there. Sell the team to who? You want to have this debate? If you want to look at what you would do with this team to be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. So be careful what you ask for. I think we're doing the best we can with the resources that we have. We're no more pleased with the results than the fans. I'm not polishing any trophies in the office right now, and that's what we're here to do. But the bottom line is, I do think we've had to shift the discipline. We've tried a lot of things that didn't work, and they came this close to working and didn't. Nobody's got to tell me it didn't work. So I think we've learned from those things, and trust me, Nick is a guy on a mission, and he's a bull in a china shop that has his way to do it, and he's doing just that. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how Part of the Punctuation is starting the show tonight. I am Aaron Smith, joined as always by the self-proclaimed best producer in the city, Ed Mayhall. If that was a vote on City Beat, I don't know that he would top place in the top three. And Jeff Howell also joining me. An asshole. <laughs> I would vote for you, Ed. Thank I just you, want Jeff. you to know that. I would too, but Jeez. We, 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 didn't, we didn't win. Phil Castellini wouldn't I, vote for you. you, you or at you least gotta after help tonight, that. he wouldn't. Oh. Sorry, I was I was I was in I was in Phil Castellini. Phil Castellini would be telling me to be careful what I wish for. That quote that I read to start the show off, as opposed to my general welcome back, uh, that's that is from none other than the owner's son, also part of the Castellini ownership group, Phil Castellini, while wearing his ridiculous red jacket. And I only say that because he just kind of looked like a jackass today. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone from Red's ownership sound like a more narcissistic prick than I heard today, basically telling the entire fan base, if you don't like what we're doing, get wrecked. So that's my opinion on what happened today. Gentlemen, how did you feel when you saw that interview making the rounds? And then he went and doubled down when, when interviewed by Brandon Seho later on in the day as he gave him a get out of jail free card. Yeah, Seho was like literally trying to be like, "Hey, man, you want to uh, you want to back up your words that you said earlier today with Mo?" He, and he's like, "No." Didn't even, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't even mince words trying to say, "Hey, here's an opportunity to clarify what you said." And Phil's like, "Oh, I got this." Hey, by the way, if I wasn't clear enough, it's G E T W R E C K E D. Get wrecked. <laughs> Pretty much how it worked. Jesus. It just like it it started off as like a fender bender, 
that just turned into like yeah, one of those like 35 car pileups on the highway that shut it down for you know weeks at a time it is absolutely absurd that he thinks he can come out and say something like that especially to Cincinnati Reds fans and Cincinnati fans in general like I think Chad uh, Chad Brendel actually tweeted something about it, like this city loves to hold a grudge, and oh yeah, yeah. So you can't. I guess just before the show, we just before we went live here, like uh, Ed saw that he came out with an apology of some sort. Like it's too late. Yeah, it's per, too late. Per Jared you, Smalley, um, Jared NBC Four on Twitter, uh, the Reds released a statement from Phil Castellini. Uh, I apologize to Red fan, Reds fans and regret comments that I made earlier today. We love this city. We love this team. We love our fans. I understand how the fans feel, and I am sorry. Yeah, see, Trent, I was reading along as you were reading that. He had almost verbatim that exact quote, too. So it's not, not just somebody from NBC4, which I believe is a Columbus station anyway. Oh, okay. Which something like that i saw the tweet somewhere i saw the tweet and i lost it so i just typed in phil castellini in the- yeah it's probably making its rounds <laughs> type in phil castellini a giant dumpster on fire came up yeah basically that's what happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a giant dumpster fire showed up on the screen and i mean it, it's actually <laughs> what's like Clay so, said? Well, and he's full he, of of like, and i'm wearing a red shirt like but here, here's the thing yeah. it's like I, I, I we've talked about it we love the team like we like the players, it's not their fault that their ownership is just absolutely no, and ridiculous. That's, that's that's why I'm imploring all of you who want to continue to support the players but not support the ownership group to go to cincyshirts.com or go to the store Cincy Shirts because none of their merchandise actually has anything to do with the Reds affiliate. It only goes to the players. And uh, or you can go to like sure L- LFG LFG Cincy. They uh, they've hooked us up with some shirts for giveaways. They they they've got a shirts. They've got a sell the team uh, sell the team Bob shirt. Just yeah, like they, any anybody else. Start a sell the team anyone else. Shirt five one three shirts. LFG Cincy Cincy shirts. Like anyone them somewhere else. Reds dot com. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm, I've I've told every like it it breaks my heart because every year for my birthday I ask to go to a Reds game. Every year, my birthday is June 15th. Every year, I want to go to a Reds game. Perfect time. People can usually go, whether they're asking for a day off, if it's a day game or weekend or whatever. I don't want that this year. I've told family, I've told friends not to buy me any Reds merchandise this year. I don't want any money going to this ownership group. Be careful, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, yeah. Aaron. Come on, Jason, man. Jason Cooper brings up a good point here. Does he regret saying it? A regret actually meaning it. Regrets actually meaning it. Like he, somebody, somebody, one of his PR team. Like, so it's like what Clay said earlier. I can't believe this guy's PR team is not all they around. They have one. We've seen it with Nick Crawl. Well, that's true too. Last fall, when he started, you know, realign. We want to realign what we've got in our resource. Like, all, I get it all mixed up in my head because I'm so angry about it. Plot twist. It's the answer is neither. He doesn't regret saying it. He doesn't regret actually meaning it. What what is wrong with all of this? He regrets and only regrets this is the fact that it was caught on tape and wasn't like somebody writing an interview because he could go back Twice. and ask them to edit it 
or something of that nature. Like that, he, he doesn't regret meaning it at all. He definitely means it. Like the only thing that he regrets is that it's out there getting backlash. That's it. Yeah, he, That's the only regret he has. I mean, it comes back to this from OH54. The fact that he felt like he could say that is absolutely shocking. Like, yeah. He thought that he was going to be is able to though? say these things. No, it, it is. Think it's about absolutely it, shocking Think about this. Think- that, uh, that an owner thinks that they can come out and basically call the fans on the carpet and be like, no, you need to show us faith and you need to give us a chance because we're the stewards of this organization and we love it and we're doing everything we can. No, you're not. You're it's not. The classic, it's the classic haves versus the have-nots. This is the people who are rubbing elbows with other millionaires on a regular basis who don't really know how to talk to common people like you and I. And so well, they better they better <laughs> learn real quick. Think about this. When was the last time you actually heard Phil Castellini talk? I can't recall a time. Uh, uh, no, it was uh, not too long ago when he said that opening day wasn't sold out because of the lockout. Shocker. Another thing that was just, not because we sold off the team. Oh, open mouth, insert foot. Like. I want to know. I want to know how they felt when the whole when the whole stadium started chanting "Who Day." Like, did that happen? Like, yeah, it sounded like Paul Brown Stadium. I guess it was when because uh, Bally totally botched that too and didn't show the uh, the the ceremonial pitch. first pitch. They they replayed it later, but yeah, you know, they didn't they didn't show it you know live. Like, man. Oh. Our buddy oh, Nick Kirby. Nick Kirby, what's going on? Oh, wait, here's... So Nick, Nick Kirby said, "Incredibly sad that a wonderful day in the city of Cincinnati has to be stained by those pathetic comments from Phil. Just incredibly tone deaf. Incredibly Nick, tone deaf. Nick, if you're not doing anything and want to hop in on some some Reds talk with us, shoot me a DM on Twitter, and I'll I might send you a link to to get in. Chad, what's going on? Hi, Chad, you've got a. Uh... Is this a, a, a pre-show to the to the disaster that's going to be three to six tomorrow? Yeah, Chad's pre-show. Not that your show is going to be a disaster. I mean, the, I mean your show is going to be great. I, I, I plan you? on opening up the fans because I want to hear what they have to say. Like, I, I want I want the pulse of this city. As I said, this is a city that grudges hard. We touched that. We, we, yep. This city is still grudging over Bob Huggins. The city is still grudging. Like, like Nancy Zimfer is not safe to step foot right? in the city. Nancy so. Zimfer could not come into the city. You know, what's, you know what's crazy? Nancy Zimfer has actually donated millions of dollars back to the university. And she's not welcome here. I don't care. She she fired Bob. Right. Like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. She can get wrecked too. So so here's the thing that, that I don't I don't understand. It was just like uh the anger was kind of jovial. Sell the team, Bob, like, uh, da, da, you know. It's like and five then, people downtown who actually held up. Yeah, sides. yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like a real thing. It, it wasn't like, like, there wasn't a movement to turn against this ownership group completely. And then this jackass <laughs> goes on the radio today. Well, it started before that, though. It started when they announced Barry Larkin as as the the Grand Marshal of the parade when he said, you've got to have faith in us. I'm telling the fans they have to have faith in us. Show us a little, you know, give us, cut us some slack, basically. Here's what I've been saying about that all along, Jeff. 
this is their problem. We don't know their vision. We've no touched one on that. Does. We've touched on that every week that we've talked about it. Yep. Well, their no, I think they do. I think they do. I think they actually looked at this franchise and said, you know what? This like belief that we're all in on homers, strikeouts, and walks isn't working. And we have to pivot to and this is the smart thing that they should have done when the fucking ballpark was built. You're going to hit home runs at Great American Ballpark. Mm-hmm. So the focus should be on contact, on base, playing National League baseball, if you will. Old school baseball, small ball. Because because the home runs are going to come just from playing in this ballpark. But instead, they doubled down on three outcome baseball. Walk, strike out, home run. That's mm-hmm. all we like. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make our hay that way. If they would have just come out to the fan base and said, "Look, we we we've been looking at this. We've been trying to do this one way since we took over ownership. We feel that bullpen, contact, on base percentage. These are the things that we have decided." that we need to restructure the organization around. And we have a couple great arms coming up and we got a lot of depth in the bullpen in our minor leagues. And we've got guys like Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson and Ellie De La Cruz and Barrero or Garcia or whatever the hell his last name is. Like we feel like we are at a point where we can reposition the mission of the franchise. But then Kyle Bodie walks. The minor league hitting instructor walks. Mm-hmm. You sell Sonny Gray. You sell Jesse Winker. Wait, you sell Adrian Suarez. You sell um, the closer from Nick two Cassianos. years ago. Nick, well, you didn't sell Cassianos. You, you let, you, let him go. You, you, let him go. you let Wade Miley go. Right. So like you let Wade Miley go for the same cost a, a, to get rid of Amir Garrett and bring in Miner, who's hurt. Right. So like, if they would have have been an actual competent ownership group, they would have said, "We need to we need to change the message about where we're heading." And instead, they said, "Well, we got to realign payroll with resources." And then they said, "Trust us. Believe in us." Why? Why the fuck would we believe in you? I because, can't say Chad, that word on the radio, so I have to say it here tonight. I'm sorry. Because we're getting a we're getting a Joey Votto Star Wars bobblehead. That's why we should trust you know him. How Somebody... sad this makes me for Joey Votto. Yeah. Oh, it makes me super. Especially after he comes on social media, he's opening like he's opening up more to us. I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but when he was mic'd up last week, like. That was it's the best amazing, content I've seen in decades. Amazing content. It, the the it, miking up of of players, and I know, like you said, we'll touch on it later. That that is incredible. It was beautiful incredible content. Well, just beautiful. Joey. If you've watched well, a couple of the other guys, the Kike Hernandez one was pretty it was cool. Okay, it was okay. only because he was only running because, his ass off. Yeah, because he said, "I'm you know, we, I got a slow guy here. I got a slow guy there." Like. If they hit it to me, I'm going to throw him out of the plate, maybe. And then the, ne- the next hit comes to him, and he's like, oh, here it comes. And he's, you know, it's mid-Superman yeah, yeah. throw. Like, I mean, I feel like right. there's a couple other Reds players that 
Well, I no, actually, I should say there's former Reds players. Like it would have been cool to hear. Uh, uh, um, oh crap, Jesse Winkler, uh, mic'd up. It would have been cool to hear Winker. That's what I said. I know. I'm sorry, my tongue. You're muted, Aaron. We can't fucking hear you. He's still new. <laughs> but Jesse Winker's not as interesting. There's nobody in baseball as interesting as Joey Votto. Well, you're correct, but I think like it's if so, Brandon like Phillips five minutes would like, cool. If Brandon Phillips had been like yeah, back in the been, day, he'd have been talking been about the funny. honeys. Yeah, he'd have been absolutely. funny. You, know? you get out of here after this game and go get some honeys at the Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Joey Votto is... They were, they were little, little Debbies. Debbies. Yeah. Little Debbies. But Votto provided comedy. Mm-hmm. He provided actual baseball insight. Yeah. He he provided like an understanding of time and space. And what he was looking at, what's going right. on, how he was positioning himself. He related like, to the fans. Even when, uh, I think there was like two outs or something. And, and so he he's like, he moved, I'm gonna, you know, he moved yeah. back. And then he's like, he looked at the umpire like, hey, I need a little bit of space here. I'm coming back. The umpire moved like. That was some inside baseball stuff, right? Because we that you I, never see. Yeah, you never you never see that stuff. You never see like, hey, hey, um, can I get can I get a little space? Like that that was amazing content. Like I missed it live. Yeah. I saw everybody tweeting about it, so I had to go back and watch it. Um, because I was watching the bananas, but it was amazing. I've watched it three, three, four times now. You're just trying to get yourself killed, Ed. Why? But well, the bananas thing, but they're not paying attention. So you might have you Oh no, we we We've we've beat that one into the into the ground, whether it be here on the show or via our our group chats. So, <laughs> what? Ed, I do appreciate your text today. That was great. It was yesterday. You're welcome. Yesterday, whenever I, Ed, I don't know what day it is. Unreal. It was. I, I was informative. <laughs> it was very good. It's. <laughs> I I don't want to stay here long. I just had to get that off. Like. <laughs> I, I Say it with your chest, get it off your chest. How can they be so tone deaf? How can they be so fucking stupid to not understand that their words are setting the narrative on their family and just <laughs> being okay? They are burning the Castellini family name to the ground in this city. I don't know. To the ground. Chad, do you think oh, there's yeah. anything that they can do outside of Phil literally resigning to try and and patch this? They're gonna have to sell the team. Like, I, three the hours from relationship is broken. I, so I've got Richard Skinner on with me at three twenty tomorrow because Skinny has been in the media in this town for a long time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Way back he's, to the nineties. He's gonna tell yeah. it. He's gonna tell it like it is. Did you see Jed's tweet? Jed yeah. Demusi's tweet. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, 4.30, I've got Brandon Seho. Because I want to get his reaction what? to standing next to Phil Castellini and having him just, like, he, li- he threw him a bone. He yeah. gave him a gift. He gift wrapped He was like, do you want to clarify it? Because here's, a, here's your it chance to like apologize. It could have been, been misunderstood Phil, Phil. by fans. Do you want to clarify it? And he doubled down. Like, he opened ah. the box, wiped his ass with it, shit in the box, Wrapped the box back up and no, gave it to No, Brandon. no, no, no. He got a box. He cut a hole in the box. He put his dick in the box. Like, <laughs> and, and I don't know Jesus. how much of it is also like, you know, like he sees all these things, right? And like, oh, they know. Like they're feeling the heat for sure. Well, oh, they're absolutely well, feeling the heat. Think, but what I'm saying is like I how much of it. Part of why he reacted 
the way yeah, he like the visceral reaction that he's had like how much of it is like you know he sees it as an entire town like turning on his father right it is yes it, it, sure. i mean it is and, and it's rightful and it, it it's it should be that way at this point it's a right? dog yeah, in a right, corner it be. Jeff. it's a dog so, in a corner so he's a, that doesn't correct. know what to do yeah and, and he's like oh we're not selling the team because, uh, you know, fine, then if we sell the team, whoever buys it, who's going to buy it? They're just going to move it. They're going to move the Reds. That's yeah. going to happen. No, the Major League hey, Baseball well, would well, never let that happen. Ever, 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 ever. Let's, let's look at a, a small quote that we saw that popped up today in an article from ESPN that was just, I, I think it was talking about, you know, the, like, the, it was Nick, uh, it was Nick Cassianos. It came up and he said, you know, the fan base, the fan base in Cincinnati is impeccable. If you put a winning team here, if you put a little bit of money into it, it is a gold mine. Millions of dollars. It is a gold mine. He said it's suffocating because of ownership. I'm not saying that they're the bad people. The system is bad. No, they're bad people. I'm I'm leaning towards bad people. they try and say that we're the 29th market in all of baseball, but that's without considering Indianapolis, Columbus, Kentucky, the entire state, a little West bit Virginia, of Tennessee, some of West Virginia. Like this, this is not just the market of Cincinnati. It goes much farther than that. It goes as far as you can get 700 WLW on the radio. Like I know we, I know we've talked about like, okay, so if you put a sports team up for sale. It can be difficult to make the make that happen, right? But how often this team it, would sell? How often? How often does it uh, the chance come to buy a team with a storied history like the Cincinnati Reds? The first baseball team. The first you're telling one. me you're telling me that there wouldn't be people lining up to buy the Reds. Right. E- even in even with you know, yes, like the economic times and yada yada yada, there's still people that have like, fu money for lack yeah, of a better term uh, Jeff, that would line yeah, up to rich, buy this team. The rich people got richer during. I, I get the it, pandemic. but I'm just saying there's still people that have fu money that are going to be like, yeah, let me That's get the point. Reds and yeah. let me yeah. And here's the other thing, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research on this tonight and tomorrow. They couldn't sell the team if they wanted to they don't own the majority share that's right i forgot they own like like 19 20 of the reds the castellinis yeah they don't own like 51 percent to control the team right or do they just have to own like the majority share of the group that owns it that's what i said i'm gonna have to do some digging tomorrow on like you know. it, according to Google, and this is a story from Red Legs Nation last year, 2021, Castellini only owns 15% of the Reds. Right. They got to go, man. Or at least Phil. There, there at was least a Phil. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, did you see Nick? Uh, hit a two. Hit hit a double. Um, about a minute after, <laughs> right after the, the thing was announced, the Phil Castellini uh, apology was announced. Of course, he did. He still he? has it. He still has it. Uh, All right, him. Chad. Anything else yeah. you got for us? 
No, I'm out. Go ahead and kick me out. You, you can leave me in the, the lobby. I'll watch from the lobby. All right. Gabby. Yeah, he's gonna have quite a quite a day ahead of himself tomorrow. Drunk so. Phil is a cool cat though. So Greg uh has done um was it the poker game, Greg? You can respond in the in the thing. But I think Greg did the no, it was bingo at Red's Fest. And yeah, he Drunk said Phil, bingo earlier in the chat. Oh, did he? Sorry. He starts yeah. just handing out a bunch of cool shit at bingo. Like he has players take the jerseys off their back. And so I guess that's nice of Phil. Um it, but no. here's the other thing like Annie Annie kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit last week with you know the whole you know uh you know Florida's done this and this it it worked out for them maybe they're doing the same thing and I'm like all right I, I like how you're looking there and then Phil comes out and says this shit today I'm like fuck Phil it's uh, I don't know uh OH54 brought up uh the the Cassianos quote um which we we touched on and uh, we have a, a special guest jumping in here. Late Night Reds, Nick Kirby. Is it late enough for you to uh, to to be on, on a podcast right now, or do we have to wait till like, after 11 for it to be Late Night Reds? <laughs> no, it should just be after my kids are in bed ready yeah. to talk. That's, that's pretty much the whole reasoning for it. What's up, guys? Thanks for having What's me come on? in. Hey, yeah. Well, it's been, Super it's short a, notice. It's been a tumultuous day. So... Yeah. Another day of baseball for the uh, the Cincinnati Redlegs. Uh, yeah. Love your, love your guys' show. Love uh, love tuning in when I can. Uh, as long as it's not all UC talk, you know I can't I can't do that. Yeah, something you want to get off your chest about a, uh, a championship or something like. Yeah, Larkin mentioned it on the broadcast. The Big NIT yeah, Championship. Yeah. Did yeah. I miss the parade? <laughs> I think it's they, I think they, it's next. They week. brought the NIT. Okay, they brought the NIT banner for the uh, the city of Norwood. Congratulations! Hey, it looks really good right now in Cincinnati compared to what else is going on. <laughs> yeah. We we cover Cincinnati sports here, not Norwood sports. Oh, oh too soon. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. So, so what was your initial reaction, Nick? As soon as and by the way, this is Nick Kirby of Late Night Reds. Uh, you also write for Red Legs Nation. Uh, did want to throw your bona fides out there as far as that goes. Um, but what was your initial reaction when you saw what escaped Phil Castellini's mouth the first time before doubling down with Brandon Sayo? Well, I, I work with some students, so I was sitting outside of a school in my car and I play that video. And I'm just like, oh, man, like, God, why? Like, well, this is going to be a miserable day, you know, like just like what a fun day this is for the city of Cincinnati. What, whether you're happy or mad with the team or whatever right now. What a fun day this is. And almost it felt like they had built up a little tiny bit of goodwill. Like they yep. had a nice series in Atlanta. I think people are starting to say, okay, you know what? Maybe some of these moves, I don't like them. But, you know, hey, they might be good long-term moves. And and just, it just, you just, you, you dumped it all. Um, anyone that was, you know, left on or on the fence or whatever. I mean, you just, you completely just. You, you torched him and, and that that's it's the, the worst part to me is just how it saddened you know this fun day for all of us you know we're all reds fans we love this day you know whether it's 2016 and we're about to lose 95 games or it's 2012 and we're about to win 97 you know this is a special day for us and just to have um like the fan base like threatened over something like you're not gonna be able to move the team like <laughs> 
What, what would their logo be, right? Like, you can't <laughs> run a wishbone C in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, really, where are you, where are you going to... Here's the real question is, hey, Phil, where are you going to go? He needs yeah. to go home and stay there. Like, never come back. Ever. Yeah, I just, I don't understand who, like, is... Like, how are you not prepared? Like, that's the question you're going to be asked in any interview you do until you know, whatever, like several months into the season. Like the first question is going to be what happened this off season. Fans are mad. Like you have to be ready for that. Like, I don't understand how you're not prepared with a stupid pre-written statement that is completely hollow that we all know, but it would sure sound better than whatever it was that you said, you know, like I just such bad business management. That's the like, most mind-blowing part but of we it. i mean we we've seen it with nick crawl though like he he is not necessarily a wordsmith and he the way he outlines things when they make moves or when things are building up and he's asked questions he always seems to make it into a a small trash can fire <laughs> and phil has turned it into a full-blown dumpster fire, dumpster fire. Uh, of pr and, and i guess now you know he comes out with an apology like a few minutes before we went live but at at this point it's almost like yeah no one cares what you're coming back to say it afterwards when you just said well where are you gonna go like you have to root for this team because you don't have anybody else to root for so it doesn't matter what we put on the field that's, that's what, what it, it felt really like. felt like it really did feel like that it was like no matter what I do, you're still going to root for the team. What you're not going to, you're not going to. We get root for uh, St. Louis, Chicago. I don't know. Well, so you guys, you guys have talked about, you know, where was the PR team for Phil? And first off, Ed, I want to bring up the fact that your brother has talked about how Phil gets drunk at Reds Fest, <laughs> and I'm very curious as to how many Johnny Walker Blues or whatever his drink of choice may be he had before answering any of these questions this morning. Um, but second. I just want to go to something that we haven't talked about yet today. And the fact that the PR team would seem to have been working on Bob's responses as he was reading verbatim off of paper during his interviews. Like, what are we doing here? Bob's. It still came across better. I don't even know what he said. I haven't even seen that video. I so no I mean, they, they, hey, they at least got Bob's to work. I mean, maybe Bob talked today. Maybe maybe Phil was just saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to take all the heat, Dad. <laughs> this one's on me. You're getting a pass today. You know, they got all the shirts. You get a pass. Uh, pops, this one's on me. I don't I don't know. Well, I did see LFG since he even said that the, uh, the uh, T-shirt monster, the T-shirt cannons seem to be uh, firing out about half as many T-shirts. So maybe they don't even have money to give away free T-shirts at this point. <laughs> Who knows, man? Thing was a mess. Um, I don't. It, it was about the worst opening day that I can remember at this point. Like, it, you know, we we've not even talked about the fact that it's the first opening day since the pandemic. So it should have been a day to you know back to Nick's original point to be celebrated again. Whether you're all in on the Reds, whether you're on the fence about the Reds, whether you fucking hate this ownership as much as we all do, but it doesn't matter. This is a holiday of sorts in the city. And this should have been a fun day. Instead, there is now this dark Castellini cloud that is thundering, hailing tornadoes of plenty over all of this. And it was actually a decent weather day. Yeah. Oh, and all of that is just all of that is just kind of forgotten. 
because Phil took a shit right on opening day <laughs> and then smeared it. And shout out to the guy who, because I bet a bunch of us wouldn't have heard that until that guy did the screen the screen grab on uh on uh the iHeartRadio app and threw it out there on the yeah. in the, the Twitterverse. Like, shout out to that guy. Well, that's always going to happen though. Anytime there there's a, a little hot take that comes oh, flying yeah. out, like somebody's going to be quick with uh with their phone for you know putting it out there for everybody to hear, especially and at that time, and then gave enough time for Brandon Seho to then, and I know we've now, to, this is probably the third or fourth time we touched on it, to give him an out. And uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on him doubling down? Yeah, that was the worst part of it because, you know, my first thought was, you know, I always think, okay, I mean, I've said stupid things. We've all said stupid things that we instantly regret. I was like, surely Phil had to, as soon as he walked out of there, been like, Oh God, what have I done? Like that was so dumb, you know. And and look, that happens. It is what it is. But to double down, that was the worst part of it. And, and that makes any apology you make later completely hollow. I'm someone I don't even really have as much disdain as everyone else for the ownership group. I get why everyone else is. The Reds have, you know, sucked my entire life. I get that. I don't have as much disdain. Like I understand why other people do, but kind of is what it is to me. I don't think they do necessarily anything more. The word I use is probably egregious than anyone else. So I kind of just viewed it is what it is. I'm not going to let that really influence my mood, but then you have these comments and it's just like, it's just like, I've been here like trying to stay positive, trying to, you know, look at some of these moves. And I think there are viable reasons why you trade a guy like Jesse Winker now you know, before he's a free agent, there's no more qualifying offer. There's no more compensation picks. I think that trade could very well look great in five years. And I get why people hate it now, but it might look great in five years. It might not. It might look terrible. I don't know. We'll see. But any of that, like, goodwill is just thrown down the crapper when you just completely diminish. And even if, like, I understand why they're like, you know, hey, look, we spend more than, like, look at the Pirates and what they're spending. That, I'm sure they feel like, man, we're getting attacked. And, like, I don't see billboards in Pittsburgh, and, and they're spending a third of what we are. But, man, this is just a day. Just take your lumps. Like, you're not going to win. You're going to lose no matter – just just be like, hey, you know what? I'm sorry that, that we, we've, we've, we haven't lived up to our expectations. It hurts us as much as you. But, hey, we believe in what Nick Crawl's doing. We believe in this vision long term. And just – BS your way through it. Just don't crap on the fans. Like even the fans that you don't like right now, like you're just, you're not going to win. Why would you go there? Well, and, and then you, you look at it and it, it's, you know, a compounding issue for them because you have a lockout that lasts what, like 99 days. You got this lock all essentially the entire, all the way through, you know, spring training time. So you've got all of this going on where we we don't hear anything. We've already we had already seen him allow uh, Miley to walk, which was a little bit perplexing, but could likely be explained away if, if they're going to make some other moves. But then you go into a lockout. Everybody is still like you know wishing beyond wishing that you know Castellanos is gonna, as soon as the lockout ends, they're going to announce this deal with Castellanos. That doesn't happen, and the first thing that comes out of the lockout in the first communication is trading away some fan favorite players. So there's going to be some emotional damage 
uh, for you TikTok folks, um, that's going to come out <laughs> and, and and hurt some fans. So you're going to be a little upset there. What we have, the drum we've been beating here is some transparency and some explanation to where it's headed. So if you can come out and say like, look, like you said, we're, we're dealing winker now. Everybody's mad because we don't deal people when they're you know worth the worth the most, and we're we're probably dealing him when he's worth the most, uh, and we have to package Suarez with him. He's had some you know some down seasons here. And we need to move him along. We're gonna get some guys back there. We're gonna try and build up our farm system to the point where you know we can go into our own channels to bring guys up and fill in when we need. To, to fix an issue. If we have an issue in the bullpen, we can go down. We got some guys there. If we need to fix an infield guy that maybe gets hurt or isn't having a great season, we can bring somebody else up there. That's awesome. Come out and say that. But to Nick's point of doing those things where fans are emotionally hurt because they're connected, and these are fans that maybe don't look at the, let's say, at the analytics like Nick does a lot, or like, you know, looks into this as more than just being a fan of the Cincinnati Reds and you end up with uh, everything boiling over to sell the team Bob going from a joke to a billboard for, I guess there was a podcast connected to that. I don't know, but you've got this giant billboard says sell the team Bob. I was surprised that there wasn't a plane flying overhead today with a, a banner behind it. If we're being honest. Do we want to start a GoFundMe? No, no. Sell the team Phil. So the team Phil. You do that, you're putting it in your name, man. I want nothing to do with anybody's name. We we put that in the name of my I don't know. Yeah. That's that's why I said you put it in your name because I don't want to deal with any of the tax ramifications for a GoFundMe. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, The guy just wants to send money to my house. Cash, please. I I just I can't believe they acknowledged it. I was shocked they ever even acknowledged it. Like it's just such an it's such an easy play. Just don't acknowledge it. Say, hey, we're working on the future. Shut your mouth. And like, honestly, the guy that should be the most mad today is Nick Kroll. Because, I mean, sure, he's not a good public speaker. We've all acknowledged no. that. But someone like me, I can see what he's doing. And I, I the jury's still out on if, if he's doing a good job or not. As with any trade, sure. But there's not enough. Da- well, and he hasn't been GM long enough to really, and president, to really know how good he is or not. But you just, like, completely, like, dumped on him and you know any any goodwill that maybe he could build up or you know someone like me that tries to explain what i think is going on there from my whatever view it's just you completely diminish that with 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 these just you should have just done what what jeff and aaron tell me to do all the time which just keep scrolling yeah yeah just keep scrolling you're right he should have he should have just kept scrolling scrolling. the pr guy well, and that's what number kinda, the self-appointed number one PR guy in the city as well. I got two titles, to two titles. Kind of piggybacking off what Nick said, though. I mean, like, I don't know. I, he had every opportunity to just move on on all of that. But Nick Crawl is the scapegoat. He's always been the scapegoat, and they're going to try and turn this on Nick Crawl one way or another. That's that's the only way I think that Phil tries to escape any of this or the Castellini ownership tries to escape any of this is saying, Hey, we weren't the ones in charge. Our hands are clean of this. We put 
Nick in charge of Well, they've set the, they've they've been setting that up because every every one of those quotes, every one of those little interviews that he's done, he always says, you know, like today, Nick's Nick's a uh, bull in a china shop. Which is a backhanded Nick, compliment, a, by the way. Yeah, Nick's got Nick's got a vision. You know, Nick's doing this, Nick's doing that. Like we we trust in Nick. And so if this doesn't pan out, you know, and obviously, you know, like, like Nick said, like Nick here said, uh, you know, he hasn't been he hasn't been around long enough really to grade a whole lot of things. No. Uh, so it, when it comes a couple years from now, like maybe what he's doing is is awesome. Um, you know, we did see like uh, Chad alluded to earlier, like Kyle Bodie walked. Uh, I thought he was doing great things with with the the pitching development uh, in the minor in the minor leagues. And yeah, you know, we we did speak on like yeah, the the sticky. The, the spider tack or whatever the a lot of the, but I, I still did think he was you know developing good pitchers and was it all related on that maybe I, I don't know um and maybe that's why they kind of parted ways when they did uh but he even he even had good things to say about what the minor leagues looked like as far as like pitching coming up uh so it, it's just kind of weird it does seem that the the transparency's not there and and we we beat that drum a lot too so I don't know, Nick. Have you had a uh, a, a moment so far to uh, sit down and kind of look at these first what five games and kind of try to make yourself feel better about what this team is? Yeah, I mean, I again, I I don't think this team's as bad as a lot of people thought going in. Um, I, I don't I don't think this team's like a bona fide World Series contender or anything, right? Um, but I, I think I'm 34 years old. I don't know. I've lost track. I mean, this is probably still one of the top 10, I don't know, 12 teams probably in my lifetime when they get, you know, if they have relatively decent health. Um, I mean, I think you're still going to have a rotation with Castillo, Miley, Green, Lodolo, Minor. Like, that's still better than a lot of teams across baseball. I think some of these platoon lineups, like, I really like Jake Fraley. Uh, I don't think he was a throw-in like a lot of other people thought. I think he's a really a really solid um, uh left-handed bat you know i i he didn't think he was a throw in either no he shouldn't you know i i legit think he's a he's a solid player and um yeah it's just that that's what kind of kills me is like everything that they've done up to this point okay you know man if i could be optimistic and and positive i can kind of you know find a way to 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 look and look at the glass half full <laughs> <laughs> these comments today that's it's 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 full empty i don't you know it's, it's, it's all the way down you know um so yeah i mean i don't know i don't know i i think this team if things went right i mean i think they could be in the mix and again i think that i do think that the thing that kind of gets lost a little bit is i really don't think that the winker trade or even the sunny gray trade were as like salary dumps as much as they're being classified i really do believe those were moves to make the reds better long term now not signing nick castellanos uh getting rid of tucker barnhart those are pure salary related moves there's no way of excusing that wade miley maybe maybe not because they did replace him with mike minor um and at I, about I, the same rate but i'm the one interesting thing is i'm very curious what the reds know about wade miley what do they know that we don't because wade Miley's on the il right now is there any that's the oh, thing is that, he? I did, I was he, not aware he did of that. not. He he did not start with the team. So, 
that's why I'm I'm holding off a little bit of judgment on that because I I look at the numbers and I say okay yeah Wade Miley's probably a significantly better pitcher than Mike Miner, but do the Reds know something we don't there? And, and so that that might be something because remember like that wasn't a straight trade. The Cubs just straight picked him up and didn't really get yeah. to like I don't think they got to evaluate as much as you would on like on a normal trade. So. Right. I'm, that's the one I'm not sure on, but the Tucker Barnhart. I mean, look, that was a straight salary dump. Well, um, I mean that, but that turns into Tyler Stevenson and now Aramis Garcia. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, again, I can again, probably Nick Castellanos is the one you look at the most. Nick Castellanos, or not replacing him with another free agent. That's where you can look and say that was pure salary. The rest of these moves, I mean, I I see a lot of validity in them. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little more just rose-colored glass on that than than I should be. Um, but again, you just you make these comments today. It's just like, well, there's no. The, <laughs> do you throw your hands up? I, the, what what yeah. do I say to that? You know, it's, there, there's it, nothing. I mean, we we've we we've beaten that horse there as far as like. He, I mean, he stepped in it. He really did. Like you can't. You can't come out and, and attack a fan base, and I'd like to think that that would happen anywhere that you come out and basically say, like, you you have nowhere else to go. Exactly. You are going to root for no one else. We, I mean, he flat said it to Brandon Seho, like, yeah. what are they gonna are they gonna you know denounce their Reds you know fandom? Are they get not gonna root for them because you know we're not you know World Series champions every year, like. He basically it, it came out is. and said, "Hey, we have you by the balls, and and there ain't nothing you can do about it." Yeah, everything he said. If he's saying that stuff behind the scenes, whatever. Like I kind of get it. Like I, if I was in, if I was in his spot, I'd probably be saying the same things. But come on, man, why would you say that publicly? Like, just why? You're just you already have a a pissed off fan base, and you're just pissing them off more for for no reason. There's just no there's no benefit to that whatsoever. Yeah. And OH54 says, you know, that's the entire issue. They'll never commit to a full rebuild. I, I think, I think honestly, though, that this year they they did commit to something of that nature. I mean, they, they have full-on kind of flipped, and Chad alluded to it uh, earlier when he was on here, that, you know, they, they have kind of gone away a little bit. It, it would seem at least early on. I know five games is not, you know, something that you get. I, I don't know. Oh, Aaron, Aaron's gone. What did that happen? Oh, I took, I took Aaron out because Chad had a question. Oh, but it, and, and you totally, totally thrown off my, Your I was, sorry. I was trying to do with while you were doing that. Go ahead, Chad. What's your question? I, I have a Nick question. Oh boy. Hi, hi, hi Nick. Uh, a crawl question or a uh, a Kirby question? No, no, you, no, you, oh, no. Is this a savior question? No, no, no. I'm not going to do that. Come on, the, I'm begging out. Come on, come on. That's just fun on Twitter. People don't understand. That's just fun on Twitter. Some of my some of my best friends are Xavier fans. <laughs> I talked to Travis Steele this weekend for a while. Travis, Travis is a good dude. Travis, I've I've been tight with Travis for a long time. He'll do good up there at Miami. Go Red he will. I think he will. I think we'll. Um, here's my here's my thing, Nick. So they said it's not a salary dump, right? We're not selling. And then after they they sold, they said, 
okay, well, now we're at the salary that we wanted to be at. And we're going to add. Like now, now we've got some some wiggle room. Like now, now we're gonna mambo because we got some some. Uh, that's admitting you had a salary dump to get to a certain number. I, I like Jeff has said in in this thing. My problem is I just want them to be honest. I just want them to say, look, we have we have evaluated what we thought was the way to operate in Great American Ballpark. And it is the wrong way to operate having, you know, six, three outcome players in your lineup. Walks, That's where I was going. Runs. All right, Chad, go ahead. So <laughs> wouldn't it have been easier for them to just say, like, we look at St. Louis. We look at Tampa Bay. We look at teams that are in similar situations. And we've realized that that we probably had the wrong focus on we just want to get guys left-handed hitters that are going to pull the ball and hit it out of great american ballpark but but you laugh because you know that's right like we, we have decided that if if we go a little bit more small ball a little bit more contact a little less strikeout guys are still going to hit home runs because they're playing in great american ballpark we're going to steal some bases. We're going to be more athletic. Like, Nick, you know, watching those teams the last two years was beer league softball. The athleticism in the field was dreadful. Like, it was it was hard to watch some of those guys playing defense. Like, I, I, just, I, I just want them to be straightforward because the sports world has changed, right? Like, no longer can you lie to your fan base and expect them to just lap it up. Would you agree with that? Like, am I am I off base here? No, not at all. Especially I mean, like the defense lost. The outfield was like minus twenty outs above average. If you add them all up last year, like that terrible. That, that's a lot of that's a lot of outs. That's a lot of extra runs you're allowing. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think like they they this is probably make people mad. I'm sorry. I think they kind of view Jesse Winker a lot more expendable than a lot of us did. I, I don't they, mind that. I think they say, hey, we can get Jake Fraley and a bunch of like pitching prospects, and it's it's not that big of a drop-off. The salary question that you mentioned, number one, I don't listen to a single word that Nick Crawl says. I only look at his actions because what he says is complete and utter baloney. And, and honestly, most GMs is baloney, but Nick Crawl's even worse at that than anyone else. Um I think I, I added it up. I, I think after you got past like the Barnhart and Miley stuff, I think what they added was like twenty three million, and what they subtracted was like twenty eight. So I really don't think it was as salary motivated after that point. As but I they think said, was- we hit our like we we dumped enough salary to hit. They acknowledge payroll and resources were aligned, so now we're back in business. Like, come on, man. Sure, and I think the Castellanos, that's the one. The Castellanos, we're not replacing with someone else. That's the pure salary. Other than that, I don't think the rest was really all that much salary. I think the Reds' salary is only like $9 million less than it was on opening day last year. I mean, you got to remember, and I'm not trying to make excuses here. I'm just no, trying no, no, to. No, I remember all that. I'm just talking about the messaging. You're talking about the specifics. I'm talking about what they told their fan base. Yeah, don't listen to anything Nick Kroll says. Just, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> you, you, your health is better. Your health is better. I really, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you know, rose-colored guy. 
I really like a lot of what Nick Kroll's done. I'm not saying he's perfect. No, I, I agree. But just please don't listen to what he says. It, it's complete garbage. It, it's worthless. I, I don't listen to it. I tune it out, and then I look at what was done, and I try to evaluate that. And if you do that, I promise you'll be in a much healthier place mentally. No. <laughs> I, I, don't mind, I don't mind the trades. Like, yeah. I, I don't mind what they did because it makes some sense. Like, they're, they're – but they have, they are the absolute worst franchise I've ever seen at explaining what PR is, is going terrible. on. It's, it's horrendous. I'm not sure I want it, them to explain anymore, though. Yeah, they do. Like, <laughs> like, seriously, shut up, yeah, shut the, up. You made it worse. Tried to, 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 br- to bring together a, a panel of five guys here. Uh, I, I know Nick has has like his three guys, four guys that he brings on. Uh, like to have to look at things this way and and weed through everything to say, look, we're trying to move from having you know everybody either hit a home run or strike out, or maybe hopefully get a walk, to we're going to go to the small ball, we're going to steal bases, we're going to... That's ridiculous. I don't even need stealing you're, bases. I just need... I, I get we're gonna, that. We're going to make more contact. Just say, just tell the fan base, we want to make GM more contact. should be able to put that out there, though, to be able to say, listen, we are... We're not we're realigning our payroll with our resources. No, look, we're, we're going to change... We're going to make a wholesale change on the methodology that we use for our team. And that is to say, we're going to try to get guys on base in any way possible, whether that's a bloop single, whether that's hitting hard line drives, which is really why I I, I loved Cassianos here because he hit hard line every now and then, you know, he would get his home run and yeah, at great American ballpark. He probably got a few more than he's going to get in Philadelphia. Uh, is what it is. Uh, he had his own things to say today that came out. Um, uh, I'm interested to see if what Nick's uh, thoughts are on that. Uh, what is happening right now is the equivalent of Rick Broering selling me Musketeer Report and me telling the Xavier fans to trust me. <laughs> that right trust there. Trust me. That, that's about the best analogy I can think of. That actually. would be the best internet for at least a month. I, I, Zing! Am I wrong, Nick? Am I wrong? I feel like you need ads on, on Bearcat Journal from Rick. Right. <laughs> I want to know Maybe if a parody. Nick Kirby... Both you guys should go back and forth with it. I think you can but, make but a, here's a the thing. Me and Rick here. have been... Fr- like, I helped Rick get in the business. Me and Rick have been friends for over a decade. Like, Hey, well... I, I got a question. This is my topic. What the, what happened to the skinny podcast with you on it? They they never called. I, I think the biggest problem was when we would usually start the skinny podcast was the week that the Bengals season ended. And the Bengals season it, it just didn't, didn't end. end. <laughs> it didn't end. Oh. And by the time it ended, Stupid both Bengals. teams were completely in the tank. Like there, there was no fun in talking about what was happening. Um <laughs> So that's that's what I miss it. Like I I miss it because that was a really fun show to do. Seriously, you I mean, no shade. You were the perfect villain, and I'm sure Rick is the perfect villain the other way around. Like, right. You, you need that. You it's you had fun. that great that great you know banter. I I loved it. I I live in Cleveland, and so like I'm so out of it. But I that was 
every day when I was driving. That was the first thing I listened to. Some people don't think that Chad is the perfect villain, though. Chad is no, the perfect villain. They, and Rick's no, they think, villain too. They think they think that he is like 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 a real life villain. Like, <laughs> they do think that. <laughs> like real, you know. It's just Chad having fun. Like, if the rivalry isn't fun, what's the point in having a rivalry? Absolutely. You got to hate each other. Like, that's why Travis Steele wasn't good, because he was... He was too likable. Like that's I don't why like... John Brandon was the worst. He grew up a Xavier fan. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're we're in a good spot now. I feel like both these guys are really gonna oh, hate Miller each other. V. Miller, and... it's gonna be beautiful. I love that. It's be... Sorry, I'm way off topic. I love. I still understand how. I still understand how Miller hasn't picked up the crosstown shootout away from. You have to be specific line. about which Miller. Yeah, no, Miller, no, there's two Miller's of them. Yeah, well, he, if you would have let me like, finish, oh. you would have heard me say taking it away from Skyline, which would have then represent, represented a brand. You know what's the funnest thing for me, Nick? Is somehow through all this, I've become the bad guy. You like, wanted I'm the bad guy? Ramon. I'm a Razor Ramon to Xavier fans right yeah. now. And and yo, for, a, for a kid that grew up like in the heart of this, like loving the rivalry, being a UC fan... To even just have even a hint of like, I'm the bad guy, like that cracks me up to no end. I, it, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, you should. I mean, that's that's the spot you want to be in, <laughs> right? If you're liked, you're not doing your job well. No. Why would I want Xavier fans to like? Like they. Here's the thing. They like me. They just love to hate me more. It's they like my wife. They like my. They've do, they donated Kelly's goat. They've been amazing. Like, I actually have an amazing relationship with Xavier fans. But it's with the understanding that I'm going to troll them and they're going to hate me. And it's going to be fun. And we're going to laugh. We're going to have a good time. And it was. But, but the Reds, get your shit together. Find somebody that can speak for you, that knows how to speak. Like, what are those? I, I want to know what those meetings are like where somebody green lights, like, this is the message we want to give to the fans. And somebody's like, like uh, my idea is fuck you. That's what the message we give to the fans. <laughs> fuck you. I don't, I don't think Phil listened. I think there had to have been someone after that interview that went up to him and said, Hey, that was really bad. Like, I don't he think he did, he did it again. That, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't buy that. He just, you know, waltzed over from, was that the Holy grail yeah, over to GABP and yeah. none of his people said anything. I think he's like, Oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I promise. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Whatever. Like I, I, I think there is people. I just don't think he listened. And then he made it worse. I, he's listening now. He he's not going to do an interview for a long time. No. Yeah, I, I would. I would be surprised. Right. If you, you are listening, you can take me out, Ed. Nick, it was a delight having a conversation. I know people thought this would be a contentious conversation, but I got, I got, I got nothing but love. You guys do a great job covering the Reds, and I appreciate it. Look at us um, filling the world with love today. Go Reds. Go Reds. Twitter's going to explode. Go to hell, Phil Castellini. In this. And that and that's his and that was, that, that was his, that was his signing off. Good hell, Phil Castellini. Um, did you see uh, Cassiano's little quote in the? Uh, I want to say was it? Yes, is his yeah. name Jesse Rogers? Is that the the ESPN guy that I sent you? Yeah, the yeah it was from? ESPN. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like, I get it. I also like. 
the Reds did pay this guy more than anyone else in 2020. I just I'm not sure he's the guy that's the messenger. I feel like it like if Jesse Winker would have came out and said something, I feel like maybe I'd I'd listen a little bit more because like they like Winker did have his comments earlier whenever he was that were like lightweight shade. Yeah. And I mean you always gotta remember these comments, like, you know, they're in print. They're not uh, Right, right, absolutely. I always take that with a grain of salt. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, you know, Nick, we, we all love you. Just enjoy your time in Philly. They're going to love you, too. I don't know. I just, it, it I, I don't know. Move on. That's. <laughs> it was just it was just funny because we, we've talked about what, what the hell was the PR team doing all this time when in the offseason, clearly they need to be working with the Castellinis on how to just represent yourself and the organization when with a microphone in front of you. But, uh, they were definitely grandstanding as far as putting 700 in a place where they're like trying to paint them in a good light. There's been numerous articles being put out by the Cincinnati Enquirer where they're trying to put this ownership group in a good light. And you cannot and will not be able to convince me otherwise. This was not done by the PR team using these places to grandstand this ownership group and try and paint them in a better light. And they just took every opportunity to just go the opposite direction with it all. I just don't understand how you can be so incompetent at just being, just putting yourself in a good place. Like whether you're trying to sell the vision on 2024 when Joey Votto's contract comes off the books. And um, I think, is that the same year that Griffey's contract comes off the books and Moose's contract comes off the books. Um, I'm not sure about the Griffey one. Maybe a, a year or two after that. But in any case, you know, you have these opportunities to do this and just to try and, and make the team sound like you, you do have that vision, the transparency that we talk about. And it's like, what, what, are, we, what are we doing here? I, I just don't understand. You're correct on Griffey's, by the way, 2024. Okay. Like that, that was, that would have been how you could do that. And they, every opportunity, like I'm, I'm not a PR guy. I am a communications major. Um, and that was Me years too. ago now, uh, 2007, 15 years ago, but even my little bit of knowledge, I would have said, Hey, we're building this thing for 2024. And they started to do that a little bit, but it's like, they got away from that and just clouded the message up with just all this bullshit. And now here we are with, an even worse message put out today. Good lord. Yeah, I think I, I think my my only like long term fear on this. I'm not the Reds aren't moving. Like, just get that out of there. That's such a stupid narrative. My only worry is that they're going to see how much flack they got for some of these moves, and not let the baseball operations people make the difficult moves in the future. That's my biggest fear out of, out of kind of where we're at now is the next time Nick crawl, whoever the next GM is says, Hey, look, everyone loves scooter Jeanette or whoever, whoever the next guy is Kyle but we, farmer, but we need, <laughs> no, I'm not going there, <laughs> not going there. Not falling for that. Uh, <laughs> But but whoever the next guy is that has some value that that is is the right baseball move or the right move for your franchise to trade that they're gonna be like nope we're not doing it. it's not worth the the PR that we're gonna get for it. that's my only I, I guess like kind of concern with all this 
but I think that goes back to like I think you can avoid that. Like I, I, I think some of this, and and I said it earlier. I think some of this was also like built on the fact that like we heard obviously we're unable to hear anything. We heard nothing during the lockout, and then it was like bam, lockout ended. Some people still were holding out hope that there was going to be this Cassiano signing, and there were going to be all these other great signings. None of that happened, and then it was like bam, 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 all these. All the fan favorite guys are are being moved, and arguably the correct decision. Uh, you could argue at least that it was a smart decision to move those guys at this time. And if you could say, listen, like at that point, like look, we're this is the vision we have. This is where we want to go. We have to move these guys so that we can get to that point. And like Aaron said, like, it, you know, 2024, like we're going to try to be as competitive as possible between now, but we're aiming that 2024, everything is going to come together. We've got these guys in the minor leagues that we're trying to bring up. Like, I don't know how far off, obviously, like Ellie De La Cruz is or really like I'm not big on the, the minor league stuff. That's why we bring Clay here uh, <laughs> so that he can fill everyone in. Yep. Uh, but if you give those kinds of statements and I know this is all full circle back to like PR disaster. Um, I I think that you could probably reach this fan base, like or at least smart, buy time. You at least smart buy baseball fans in Cincinnati. Like you have smart baseball fans here. You do. So if you give a a timeline or like a you know, a vision, you paint this picture, and you do it in a way that isn't like you have no other option but to root for the Reds because you live in Cincinnati and you grew up as a Cincinnati Reds fan. I, I think you win some people over and, you know, because this team could be very fun and energetic. Well, I, I mean, they, they can do cool things like hell. Look at the beginning of the game today. You got Tyler Stevenson throwing two guys out stealing like back to back. That was awesome. I mean, like how awesome is that? Like you can build on these young guys that you have on this team and and put them forward as, as the the face of the franchise and like they, they're gonna be here a while. You you can do that. And if down the line you have to trade, you know, a Jonathan in the air, you have to move somebody you, then you've you've got this you've built up like some goodwill that yeah, okay, it sucks, but you know, it, it's his time to move on. Like we gotta we gotta move him to to fill in these slots and we've got another guy that's coming up because we built our, our farm system up. But it, it didn't happen that way. It happened in the way that it's happening now. And obviously we are all... Is, is that common aimed at you, Nick? Is that is that something that you would expect? Uh, no. With your... No, Tyler Naquin is a not a good hitter against lefty pitcher. It was awesome that he did it. Um, but no, they should not continue to give him at-bats against lefty-handed pitcher. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler and, and I love I love Tyler Naquin. Tyler Naquin, people I don't feel like put enough value into splits. Like you're so I, by the I, book. It's it's I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's, it's I, don't, I mean this in the nicest way possible. It's borderline disgusting to me how by the book you are. All but I you, know is Nick you, Kirby got me it, very, very excited at the end of the last season to the point I was even arguing with my brother in laws who I have a, a, a text group with about the Reds, uh that don't worry. Nick Kirby told me that the Reds are coming up against the softest part of their schedule and it's going to be all right. We're heading right on in to like 97 wins and 
sure enough, we won like four games after that. It was a tough end of the year. It was a tough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm looking. I'm looking at this like, Reds ownership group. Like I guess it's insane. Choir put out a list the other day. And can some of these guys like? Can they be like, hey, we didn't like what Phil said today, and force Bob to fire him? That's not how it works, Ed. That's not how, not how it works. works. I'm glad that's. A, I'm glad I asked the question there before I tweeted it. I'm not smart enough to to diagnose that. So, yeah. I mean, because I I was getting ready to email Jeff Weiler, uh, <laughs> Bye Bye Baseball LLC. I was getting ready to email Larry Shakely. Um, a bunch of guys I was getting ready to email. And you know what he was going to do in his signature on all those emails? It was going to say, host of PDP. <laughs> like, but I totally put the wrong, name out there. I put the wrong email address in there. I'll tell you guys a story about that one later. Great. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to be excited about hear about that. Are there? I wonder what he misspelled. All right, uh, Nick, before we probably, I think we beat this horse to, to death. Are there any, uh, any exciting minor league guys that you're looking at that are you know, to come up maybe at some point this season or anybody you think that's on this team that people don't really know a whole lot about that uh, we should kind of maybe key in on? Yeah, okay, so my last thing is I kind of would, would point, look, a lot of this is a perfect storm for the Reds to where we're at today. Like, they botched the rebuild because they didn't trade guys to begin with. That dragged it out longer, right? They did set themselves up for a pretty good team in 2020, whether we want to admit it or not. If you look back at that roster, that was a damn good team. And whatever, they got screwed out of it. If that team goes to the NLCS, we probably feel a lot different today about everything, right? So that means they won a that means they won a series, Nick. Not not since 1995, but since 2020. So that's Aaron, I've been watching feeling. it. Too. I've been watching them all too, man. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But I'm just saying, a lot of it's a perfect storm. So I, I get today's a day where we kind of really like just it, it was an ugly look for the Reds, and there's no no debate about that. But I do think there is a lot of talent in this organization. I do think whether they deserve it or not, which is probably more of the lesser at this stage, they've got a pretty good foundation right now that they can build on so i'm interested to see i think this team is going to be a lot more competitive and you know what this team hangs around for a while who knows what they would do with the deadline i think everyone's like oh they dumped a bunch of guys i don't know would they go add nelson cruz to be the dh at the deadline if he's available you know would they you know maybe six teams get in the playoffs someone's got to make it in are there going to be some other teams that are you know decimated with injuries or whatever so what was I your over under the other night on Nelson Cruz? By the way, like didn't you guys you de- you guys definitely discussed that at length when you at least when you had uh, Clay and and Doug and Jeff F F F F F F F Carr on. I, I don't know if we did an over under on him. I'm just I, not even him. I'm just saying I, I could see the Reds adding a player like him at the deadline, um, which just to kind of like completely <laughs> throw people off. Um, but again, like a player that has an expiring contract that isn't going to cost all that much money to, to bring in for a couple months. Um, I-, I could see something like that. So hey, look, I would say be mad all you want. If you want to boycott the team, whatever, that's fine. But if you want to enjoy the team, enjoy the team too. Because I do think there's plenty of reasons to um, still enjoy this team. I do think they still have a bright future, whether they deserve it or not. Um, and I- I'm excited to kind of see how it all it all shakes out, but I'll, I'll shut up guys. Thanks for 
thanks for having me on. This was no this man. Was we fun. appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Been a long yeah, time coming. Long Especially time. on short notice. Long time coming. And we do still need to put together a, a full PTP late night reds. Like I don't know if we can fit eight. You can, we can get eight. You can do six. Actually, looks pretty nice on the stream yard. We did that with the the other guys. So maybe we'll do like six. Looks good. Clay's gonna be mad if he's left out. I'm just telling you. We'll do it. We'll shuffle guys he's, in and out. We'll we'll like have like yeah, he's, you know, it's like that um like when you do five on five basketball, but you just kind of have rotating guys on the bench. That's kind of what we'll do. We'll just keep. He's our, Clay, Clay being our unofficial fourth. Like we we we. There's no way we're doing this without. <laughs> And he's apparently your new host, right? Well, we just have Clay on all the time. Clay's just a fun guy. I love I, Clay. I, I just mean the way he took over your podcast. <laughs> I was—I told you I was watching, man. Clay Clay saves me from a lot of really bad tweets. So really, the world should thank him because Clay. Sometimes when I want to say something really like mean or 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 whatever, I, I send it to Clay. Clay's like, yeah. No, no, no. You know, so Castellini needs a Clay Snowden. <laughs> That's what it is. Boom. Maybe Boom. maybe Clay's the maybe new Reds Cl PR guy. Yeah, we we can start that movement on the internet. That's I'm that's how that's how you walk off, Nick. That I don't know that you can top that. That's how you walk off. Thanks again <laughs> yeah. for joining us. We do appreciate it. Like like we talked about, we got we're gonna have to do a full crossover with late night sometime. We got plenty of summer to do so, and I will still be railing on my boycott. I promise you that. But. <laughs> that is Nick Kirby of Red Legs Nation and of Late Night with Reds. You can catch him every Wednesday night at nine o'clock or roughly yep. thereabouts, depending on nine the end of the game. Or nine o'clock, unless they play, we just go on after they play. So we'll play at nine o'clock tomorrow. So thanks, All guys. Right. We appreciate awesome. you coming on. Thanks, Nick. See you. Yeah. I just started the hashtag hire hire Clay for PR, Bob. Dang, I thought you were gonna say fire Phil with the with the PH that I'm starting to see pop up. Or uh, or what I would go with, uh, fuck Phil with with a ph. <laughs> that way, that way it's not a cuss word. I so. did tweet fire Phil Bob. Fire Phil Bob. Hashtag fire Phil Bob. There's, he doesn't like commas. <laughs> you can't like common a hashtag. He spelled. We're we're lucky he spelled Phil and Bob correct. Fire Phil Bob. Fire Phil Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Oh so, man. I don't any any last words on on the Reds here before we switch gears or I mean I, I just think it's important to note that like we we are still fans of this team. Like yeah, you can be like fans of the organization we, but hate oh, the yeah. ownership, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for you sure. can do that. You can very, very easily, you know like I, I, I want to watch them win and like I'm not sitting like none of us are sitting there rooting for the Reds to lose. Like that that that's ridiculous and not not at all what this podcast is is about um open mouth ed what the hell are you doing gilbert godfrey died jesus you're like seven hours late on that thank Man. thanks ed I was six hours a, a heartfelt a heartfelt statement i'm sorry i just didn't my see. reds fandom and this podcast not you know rooting you know for the that. Team I'm, to I'm gonna go back and watch a lad <laughs> where's the we're, comma? <laughs> they're just hashtag fire fill comma bob <laughs> Did you notice that he changed his name to Jeffrey, by the way? So he, he wasn't just just G off to so so we weren't saying he's always been Jeff Jeffrey. It's always been Jeffrey. I thought, was, I thought it was G off. No, you just yeah. called him G off. Right, yeah. well, <laughs> makes sense. Fair enough. Anyway. But uh, uh yeah, it, it is what it is. Like we're 
you know, we, we are still a Cincinnati sports podcast. And as such, we are fans of the team. We just might not be so happy with the ownership. Do we want to go back and talk about the mic'd up with, with, uh, yeah, with, uh, uh, no, I'll just like to pick on. Oh, sorry. I should probably pop that up there. <laughs> nah, we like you. If, um, if, uh, I don't know if Chad comes back, he might want to have, have a couple statements on. I know he was, he was also pretty impressed with, uh, the Vado in, in ear, like mic'd up, not all star game, not spring training. Like we were talking mic'd up in a game that counts while he's playing defense. And you want to talk about pace of the game? I felt like that made that part at least of the game go by much quicker. Well, than... and so to to off of that, they were also using the new the Reds are exclusively yeah. using the new pitch like mm-hmm. where you tell the pitcher the what you're com. doing. Right. Pitch com. Thank you. Um but that I think that has quickened the pace of the game as well, which That's has fair. been so the Reds by, use it a little different than some of the other teams. The Yankees are not doing so well. The Yankees and Boston Red Sox, apparently in their first series of the season, struggled, and it it elongated the game as opposed to quickening the pace. What are they doing differently? I haven't read this. Well, so t- Tyler Stevenson, and they, they, they made some comments about it. He is, he ca- he'll catch the pitch, throws it back, and as he's throwing it back, he's inputting the next pitch into the little dealio. Okay, all The right. pitcher is already getting it, and at that point can make it, before the pitcher's even, like, you know, getting ready, obviously with traditional signs, they throw it back, the pitcher walks around the mound, does whatever, gets back on the rubber, looks in, shakes it off, you got the whole nine there. Stevenson's throwing it back, and as the ball's in the air going back to the pitcher, he's, you know, fastball low and away. You know, so is that curveball up and in whatever their whatever their deal is he's he's already i wonder if Yankees. it's like i wonder if it's like mlb the show where you tell them what quadrant you want it in like you know well, how on said, the, yeah mlb the show they've, they have like the nine different quadrants that yeah. you can try and aim your well they had it pitching or, or hitting middle they left. had it up on some of the um uh like middle inside middle outside some of the yeah. announcers had it and it, I mean, it, it's your normal kind of like Alexa voice or Google. I was just saying, is it an earpiece like, that the catcher wears? So they have a the little pitcher? like speaker that's right above their ear. Uh, two infielders have it, and two outfielders have it. Is it built into uh, the hat? So, so they can. It's built. It's a little like speaker on the inside of the brim of the hat. Oh shit! We need that for just so everyday life. They said during spring training, they had it at volume level ten. When the Reds were in Atlanta, they had to run it. It goes all the way to 20. They had to run it to 20, and some of the pitchers were even having a little bit of difficulty hearing it uh, in a in an actual ballpark with the echoes and the, all that going on. Fan, so I don't know. Sure. Like they, they may have to deal with changing the, the way the earpiece works. The Reds just... seem to have fully embraced it. The pitching staff and the catchers have fully embraced well, it, and it seems like they're they're like firing on all cylinders with it. It did backfire my, on the Guardians today a little bit. I guess my we'll get to that, but I guess my only question is why they couldn't use an earpiece like what Joey Votto yeah, yeah. had. Yeah, and, and maybe, maybe they the end interview. up maybe they end Switch up going it. to that. I, I don't know if you know, he, he didn't have any issues. Well that that's because Joey Votto is the GOAT. Professional. <laughs> I don't that. know. Maybe they um what was the issues? 
So I guess one of the pitchers that came in for uh, the Guardians today, uh, I guess he broke his speaker or like accidentally, like when he, I don't know if he took his hat off to do the whole, you know, like, he, too much, he, he put too much of he, that sticky shit on it. Yeah. He, he messed up the speaker and uh, yeah, messed up the speaker on there. So they went back to traditional signs for a little bit there. I, I would love that technology built into my hat just for like, when I'm walking down the street, like listening to a podcast or some music or something like that, that'd be kind of cool. Well, like Michelle uh, has those. Obviously, Michelle has those Oakley's uh, sunglasses that have speakers built into the uh, the arms of them. Those are nice. Obviously, they do have still the signs as a backup because uh, Tyler Stevenson's fingernails are still painted. Uh, I can't imagine that as a pitcher you wouldn't know the signs if this stuff does default or something of that nature. So, I mean you can obviously still go back to that. But um, outside of that, it was a shit game today. Um, you know, moving beyond yeah. the, the cast, the end of it was debacle. Yeah. The end of the it end was of a it shit was. game. Um, but that's going to go back to the fact that we have had how many, how many guys in the bullpen right now are making their MLB debuts this year? Uh, Three or four. I, I, I believe that, that's the thing. It's like, I don't even know. Like when they, they say names of guys coming out of the bullpen and I'm like, who? Nope. Right. Uh, excuse me. And that's what happens when you don't spend money on the team. Did you sign that man out of the crowd? Who is this guy? Duarte. Uh, that guy was slinging uh, uh, cold cut sandwiches earlier up there in the stands. No one was buying no cold one. cut sandwiches no at the ballpark. If you bought a cold cut sandwich today at the ballpark, this is, this is now four weeks Ed, in a row, no, Ed. No, one, no one's here for this. No. Hey, week two was not my fault. I wasn't here. Annie Sabo even said no. So, yeah, Annie Sabo is the 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 tiebreaker. And Google pick the, the, Google fixed the picture of Hunter Green. By the way, nice, good. That is funny. <laughs> so I terrible. That that that's kind of the end of it. Now, obviously, we're going to see how this plays out. I mean, it's gonna there's going to obviously be a PR uh, storm of as they try to whitewash that, this. I mean, they're going to try and fix it somehow. You think the and emails, the 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 Reds email Chad tomorrow asking to get on the show? No, Phil would like to come on and apologize, Chad. I wouldn't be on. It'd be on. It'd be on 700, not on 1530. Yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, if one of the Castellinis wants to come on here and talk to us about their with Nick Crawl about their vision, like we would We're be open. more than happy to bring them on this show. I'll send you a link. Yeah, now we sound like Doug Gray. So moving on. <laughs> no, I mean I, I think it would be a good conversation. Yeah, it's not ever going to happen. Let's be no, it won't. Uh, it won't happen anywhere that they can't control. Probably not. Probably not. Um, I imagine that the Enquirer will probably be their next mouthpiece for. for where no, they'll they just go. have Tommy Thrall um, do another interview. Yeah. And I like check Tommy the private Thrall, chat, guys. So. Ding ding ding! I was just gonna say the um, so the the speaker thing goes inside here, inside the little brim thing, yeah, yeah. No, the flap. The, the flip out, the flap. The, flip light. the flap, the, the flappy flap. So if you have it on, right, it's inside there. You could see the guy from the Guardians when it broke. Like he took it out and was like, <laughs> right? Like he was, he was furious. 
but that's yeah. that's where it goes is is right so it's going to be right by your ear but i can imagine like it's still muffled by your head yeah like that that's not going to be easy to hear in a stadium that's like crazy like i said why wouldn't you put a earpiece in like joey Votto had because it's not a a broadcast function of it's not as simple as like when you put that the the wireless earpiece in they would have to fine tune like it's going to take some time to fine tune sure the connection between the wristband and an earpiece as opposed to when you're doing a million dollar broadcast that the audio is pumped straight into that earpiece. Well, there, I mean, every broadcast is a million dollar broadcast. This one, this one. Okay, but that's different than a wristband with an Alexa voice on the catcher's wrist. Yeah. That's not a million dollar production is what I'm saying. They're going to have to fine tune and fix the connection between the wristband and the communication device that, Little the pitcher and the fielders, the transmitter, yeah. like whatever they have. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's just not a good look when you have something like that go to where the guy's taking it out and throwing it in frustration. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 phase one, right? Like, yeah, early adoption. You don't understand because you're complaining about it. I mean, I understand. Ooh. I don't. I don't have to like it. <laughs> I, right. I thought why. I did pretty. I thought I played very nice with Nick Kirby tonight. You guys were expecting an explosion. No. (laughs) (laughs) Those two were. Those two guys up top were. I thought thought maybe there would be a little little more fun poking. It's just like that is legit Aaron knows. That's just a Twitter thing for me. They are are in my mentions so much. Yeah, I believe. I, I can't resist having fun with it. Like uh, Nick has never done me any harm. Like you know, he's a Savior fan. That's okay. You can be stupid. It's all right. <laughs> all right. There it was. Well, we're switching <laughs> gears here. And while you're here, Chad, just real quick, anything you want to say about uh, the basketball team? Because I can talk plenty about uh, the spring game. But uh, anything you want to say about the basketball team and what's going on with the regards to the transfer portal? As you have much more knowledge on this than I can speak on. We're, we're getting closer to them fielding what their roster will be in 2022-23. Um, I don't think anything is really a, a finalized done deal yet, but I think they're zeroing in on a few targets. Um, there was an official visit this weekend. Yeah, with Kalu Ezekpe. I think that's how you say his name. And if Aaron... Is it? This is your podcast. But I will leave immediately if you say it. Did I miss something? Ed's so confused. Ed's so confused. But go on. Um, I, I think there, you know, you, you saw Rob Finese, uh, who's a transfer from Indiana, uh, put them in his final two. I think that is a very close uh, battle between Cincinnati and Butler. Uh, I've been working on finding the information and, and where things are headed there. Um, Former four-star, right? Yeah. High school. Played a ton of basketball in the Big Ten for IU. Hasn't been a a great offensive player. He's had his flaws, but he is 35% shooter from the field. He's been a very good defender. He's been a guy that Indiana asked 
one through three, you're guarding their best perimeter option night in and night out. Uh, I think there is definitely a belief inside the program that when things fell apart at the end of the season, it was because the defense fell apart. And they feel like if you add an elite defender at point guard and you have John Newman, who's also a very, very high-level defender, and David DeJulius, who I thought showed to be a better defender, much better defender than I expected this year, all of a sudden, one through three, you're not getting beat on the off the bounce, and guys are just parading to the rim. Um, mm-hmm. so I think if like that would be the direction. Uh Ezekpe is a guy that you can throw the ball to and get points as a big man. You know, he averaged 11 points in Conference USA, which is a similar situation to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That's almost combined the points that all of the four and five, the guys that played the four and five outside of Jeremiah Davenport, that's that matches the production from them almost with one guy. And I thought this team, we talked about it a lot, this team lacks somebody, a big guy, and this kid's 6'8", 240. They lacked a big big guy you could just throw the ball to and have him do some work. Mm-hmm. So if you get one of those, that solves Another problem that you had with the team last year. So then you had Daniel Skillings and Josh Reed, which I don't think we're talking about enough. Right. Absolutely. And then also, also, you know, you're bringing in Sage who. But I think Sage is going to take a little time. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he's probably going to, I mean, I think everybody that comes into the program puts some muscle on. uh, Yeah, sure. That's why you pay right. Mike Rayfeld the money you're paying Mike Rayfeld. So you're gonna get you know you, you get a, a a bigger fella there, um, yeah. And, and you I, never know. I mean, he could develop a little quicker than we think, but you know, to bring somebody hypothetically else in, speaking, this yeah. roster with Rob Venice, Kalu Zikpe. I hate you, Aaron. I hate you that you put this in my brain. And then Dan Skillings and Josh Reed looks a lot different than the roster from last year. Looks a lot different. You start so, to start to head more towards what you need once the what, 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 what West wants and one uh, what you need, regardless of what right. you want, something that you need when you move to the Big Twelve, right. uh, essentially moving into what the old Big East is and the best basketball conference in the country. Right. So we'll see. Is it perfect, man? Uh, no, but. The stuff that's happening in the portal is insane. It's so crazy. Like, yeah. there is literally, Jeff, we've talked about this, ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Guys are saying, if you're not willing to produce $500,000, I'm not answering the phone call. That's there was a there coming was a, from the A-10, right? Coming, coming from the A-10. No, no, there was a guy coming from, like, the A-Sun. Oh, I thought it was the A ten. No, the A Sun. That's crazy. That's like if you want if you want me to play for you, you better have five hundred thousand dollars if I commit. People have mistaken what I meant by that. That's not to answer the phone. That's not to talk. That is, if I commit to you, there better be a five hundred thousand dollar nil deal, or I'm not committing to you. That's what's happening with the top ten guys. 
the top 25, 30 guys, it's 250, 300, 400,000. My, my point is, is that really like where you like, is that really how you want to spend your money as an athletic department on a guy that played at a level four levels below and you take the risk that like, that's your highest paid player as things currently stand. But if you go back, if you go back to our show from August or July or whenever that was, when When we we talked about, we we knew it was coming. We talked, we outlined what we thought was going to happen, and it is It's happening. happening. It wasn't hard to see what was going to happen. What's hard to believe is just like how quick it jumped from zero to what the fuck are we doing? (laughs) Right? Like, shouldn't there have been a middle ground of like 50 grand? 50 grand is a lot of money. Yeah. A hundred grand. Like, shouldn't these top guys be getting a hundred grand? Like, that sounds about right to me. I had somebody ask me about that at Recruit the other night. What do you you think is right for this kid? I think about 50 grand is right. And the response was, yeah, well, they're asking for 500. No. (laughs) No. Go find a different kid. Go find the the 50 grand kid because the 500 grand kid ain't going to be worth the, the hit on the sour cap, right? <laughs> exactly. That's wild. Exactly. You, you're gonna you, you're gonna bottom it out on one guy, right? And like again, like the reason I love these AAU weekends that I like, I was just in Indianapolis Saturday and Sunday. You get to sit around and talk to the guys you've met in the coaching world and you built relationships with, and you get to start like asking these questions about like. Is it really as bad as it sounds? I'm like, bro, it's worse. Like, I'm not comfortable giving this kid $75,000 and he wants a million. And that needs to, like, honestly, that the, the only way that you really quell that is by everyone being on the same page of like, Look, we and it's never going to happen that way because there's always well, going to be a team or a booster somewhere who is going to put together a package for a certain kid. Well, what you're going to see is like, you know, we saw everybody talked about a lot, like as the, the tournament progressed, look at all the transfers on this team, look at all the transfers on that team. So there are going to be teams that make it to the Elite Eight and the Final Four that have rosters built with transfers that are going to believe as the Mandalorian would say, this is the way. So, okay, well, this is the next guy. It's almost like the new one. It's almost like the new one and like era of the one and dones. Yeah. But those dudes were no, right. (laughs) That those were top five NBA prospects, right? That was, but that was the way for, for a long time. Right? Sure, but I mean, they're a lot different than the guy that just spent, spent two years at Arkansas State. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What I'm saying <laughs> you know is, like, I mean? you got to, you know, you got to say you, you have a team that's totally built on these transfers and they, you know, they go deep into a, make a deep run in the tournament. And, and then they're like, you know, they want to move to another place or whatever. And they, their price goes up. You know, the, maybe they hit their grad transfer year. 
and now their price has gone up again. Well, and you're also dealing with a locker room where this guy got four hundred thousand, and this guy got fifty, and this guy got twenty five, and this guy didn't get shit. Right, and they got that guy like a lifetime membership to Lime Scooter, so right, that he can ride right. around campus. Right, like, this guy got a gas card. Yeah, I, I <laughs> that see guy might going. be the, the, my, that guy might be the winner in all of this yeah, uh, right now. The guy that got the gas card, but like, it's it's such a weird dynamic, and I don't think there was. We know because of the way the NCAA screwed up the O'Bannon case, and they believe that like. They were immune to this and they didn't prepare for it. We are now in the oh shit phase, right? Well, we are now in what do we, what can we do? I mean, the OHSAA, the, the High School Athletic Association in Ohio is looking at NIL deals for high school yeah. kids. They sure are, aren't they, Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's bananas. I mean, the things that I've heard. I know. I think we. Are you okay, Ed? Mr. Miyagi up there trying to catch a fly with his. Uh, where's your chopsticks? Tell yeah. me it's a wasp. It's Tell a me ladybug. It's a wasp. Oh, Jesus. Why are you swinging a ladybug? This has scared me. It's a I ladybug. Wanted, I wanted it to be a wasp so bad. What's she going to do? Land on your hat? Why would a ladybug? Could land on my drink. There, you got a lid on it. You got a lid, bro. Ladybugs are getting that straw. Come on, man. And then I have no more iced tea. I can't. Okay. Well, Chad, thank you for at least laying on my cold cut sandwich at the ball game. This pop is my there. ideal show where I just pop in for like 10 minutes, pop out. It's fine. Pop Everything in for 10 fine. minutes, pop okay. out. Now you get to be the like you get to be me. You get to be the spring game expert because you were there and I wasn't. It's true. I'm really excited about this part. I've been looking forward to it. I we do need to we do need to maybe get Aaron a, a better camera, some of the grainy photos he was putting up. That's he's got an iPhone. That's what happens. Huh. You had to wait until the HD buffered. The but it, it releases the <laughs> the un HD on YouTube. Honest, honest to God, it, no, releases- it does. It does that. The unHD version before it releases the HD version. It's actually one hundred percent true. Well, Twitter, Twitter also hammers your resolution on anything that you try to upload. Well, I mean, Chad's, I, I, Chad's I took the, from a Nokia thirty one sixty. Chad's the one with the four K camera and all the fancy gadgetry. But he was well, the next time, Aaron, that you want a photographer running around next to you, you just give me a call. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think that's I'll, the only I'll way wait to on get bated into the... breath for. I'll wait on bated breath, Aaron. I think that's the only way we're getting to the TBT tournament this year because uh, because I looked at prices for that, for just tickets to go to the game, and we're looking at the hundreds. I'm going to I'm gonna probably have to, uh, like, credential you guys as Bearcat Journal because I, I don't go into that place. Those are my guys that are going to be on the team. I love them to death, but... I've been in there once. When I walk in that door, and they don't like me there. Centos. It's at least it's here, I guess. Yeah, we don't have to drive up to Capital University again. Yeah, we did that. That's that's why I'm going to credential you and watch it from home. Because, nah, fam. All right. Me and that place don't mix. 
All right. Well, we're at 140. We got to talk football and get yeah, out. I'm out. Fucking get right. me out of here. <laughs> Drop him back into the waiting Chad. room. Bye, Chad. Before the post show. All right. So the spring game was this weekend and featured the battles that we've talked about here over the course of the last couple of weeks. So outline these said battles, Aaron. I'm waiting. Remember, I was really interested in the quarterback battle. Yeah, that was the only battle that you even knew about. Um, and I'm not even sure. Can you name both quarterbacks? Yeah, Ben Bryant and um, and Evan Prater. All right. Oh. And there's a third one you talked about the other night who apparently looked really good. He did. Uh, just better than I think any of us really thought he would. Uh, Brady Lichtenberg has been uh, – he's more than more than serviceable – not somebody that you'd place a whole lot of confidence in if you had a game and he was the one coming in. But I don't know that you'd necessarily count him out either. Um, a lot of shades of Zach Caleros in that one, as Zach Caleros was one who, who uh, A, is going to be on with us on Thursday night when Chad and I record the BCJ podcast. Um, and B, um just he's he's fleet of foot and uh yeah he, he's pretty, pretty good with the ball in his hands but um evan prater versus ben bryant uh evan prater came ahead the victory uh with, with the victory on on saturday's game he i don't know was was just a little bit better um uh, neither quarter Quarterback was outstanding. Neither quarterback I wouldn't even say was great, uh, but both quarterbacks were good. Um, I lost all of you at the same time, so I'm just going to keep talking. That's I just had a sneeze. Really I'm sorry. Fun. I had a sneeze. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you, you both decided to have to go to the bathroom at the same time or something. No, that's just um, you. But that was me. Um but yeah, uh, Evan, Chad's talked about it at nauseum as far as practices go, where Evan and Ben have been just kind of trading off who's been better day by day through practices. And uh, it should continue. I, I, I am of the camp that believes that there will not be a starter announced prior to game day against Arkansas, game one. First off, it's unnecessary to announce a starter, in my opinion. Yep. And secondly, it's been too close to call. Um, you have to wait till other battles, though, for... for just even like an idea. No, I don't think you'll have an idea. I think they're okay. just going to continue to um, just going to continue to run both guys out there with the ones and see who they have until until one starts to separate themselves, I guess. And as of right now, when you have both guys kind of trading blows, I don't know. There's, there's not really a, a reason to even hint at anything. And again, if you're Luke fickle, what, what good does hinting at who your starter might be yep. before that Arkansas game? If you got two guys that are that tight as in, in, in the battle trenches. So, um, also running back, uh, Miles Montgomery looks really good, even running with the twos. 
Uh, you had Ethan Wright starting with the two or with the ones. Uh, you had Charles McClelland hopping in with the ones. Um, that was a lot of fun to watch. But unfortunately, with these types of games, no one's hitting. So you don't really know what you have in a running back until you actually start going full go and hitting. Uh, sure. One of the things, one of the things Luke said in his uh, after game press conference was these types of games hurt the offense more than they hurt the defense because you have to let up on the gas when you're kind of just wrapping a guy up or, or two hand tag, or in the case of the quarterback, not even hitting him, you're just getting there. And so the offense doesn't really know what they are until you can actually start hitting uh, receiver. There were a couple guys out. You had Jaden Thompson out. You had, um, um, not Tyler Scott, um, Chris Scott out. Maybe I have that backwards. Tyler Scott was out. Chris Scott played. I don't know. We even did an interview with, with them and I can't remember right now. I'm tired. <laughs> um, but you had, there it is. Tyler Scott played. Chris Scott was out. So you had Jaden Thompson out. You had Chris Scott out. You had Josh Wiley out. Um, that said, you had Nick Mardner. You had Drew Donnelly. You had uh, Trey Tucker running with the ones. And then you had guys subbing in. Um, Drew Donnelly might have actually been a sub in. Uh, no, he was he was starting. Blue Smith was the sub in uh, with the ones. A little bit of Will Pauling. Um, Shamamantair was uh, behind Lenny as far as the tight ends go. Uh, Leonard Taylor. And Shamamantair had two touchdowns. Um, Evan did have a deep ball to... Shaman, he had a deep ball to Tyler Scott. Uh, ben Bryant had a touchdown to Shaman Mater as well. So tight ends are looking great. Um, offensive line, hard to say what you got right now when you have, again, um, you're not really able to hit or, or go necessarily full go. Um, defensive line had a day, um, but you have, you're you missing two starters on the offensive line in Jake Renfro and uh, Lawrence Lorenz Metz. Um, defense was a lot of fun to watch. They they were the big winner of the day. And JQ was running with the twos, starting with the twos, not just shuffling in with the twos. Moving on uh, up. He is. I, I got a chance to talk to him uh, just briefly after practice because uh, this was a kid that I talked to through his um, commitment and recruitment and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I ran up and I was like, see you running with the twos. And he goes, Oh, you saw that. And just had the biggest smile on his face. Like just, he was, he was really happy with that. Um, Rob Jackson uh, is, is coming in very strong at defensive end with the twos. And that's a guy that was a freshman last year. Um, he might be the, most athletic guy on the line. I think that's probably the best assessment that I have for him. Um, these two guys start running with the ones, though. Whew. 
that's going to be a lot of athleticism and, and length at both of those positions. Uh, um, Ivan Pace looked good. He had a uh, play in the backfield immediately, um, like first or second play of the game. Um, there, I mean, there was a ton of dudes on defense that looked good. Justin Harris was starting with the ones um, after coming off the neck spinal injury that he had um, with that wild collision he had um, early in the season last year, if you remember that, mm-hmm. on a punt return. Um, I don't know. Any questions you guys have in regards to the spring game? I feel like I've been talking so much. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just recapping it, which obviously not, none of us outside of you yeah. were there. Um, Jaheim Thomas looked really, really good. Uh, the defensive line, both ones and twos, uh, whether you're talking about Jabari Taylor and um, Malik Van wasn't playing, uh, Pace wasn't playing, but I think you had Jabari Taylor uh Eric Phillips and Juwan Briggs at the nose tackle, starting with the ones, and then you had uh Dante Corleone, Rob Jackson, and I can't remember who was coming in off the other edge. Uh Watley, Justin Watley, um with the twos. Uh they that that was probably the best the, the defense the defense played all day was at, on the defensive line, uh, but that's not to discredit the secondary or the linebackers. Yeah. Or Quan. Yeah, I hear you mention him as far as like what he looked like. Did you see the interview that Brent did with him? Um, I don't know if I saw that or not. I don't think so. Think we did have an know. interview with our, we did have an interview with our Quan Bush. Um, he was, he was out there. Uh, there were no interceptions on the day. There, there like I said, the defense looked better than the offense all day. There were certainly some coverage sacks, uh, but again, you can't hit the quarterback, so they're not sacks. They still play through. Yeah. Uh, there was an intentional grounding on Evan Prater at one point. Um, there was also a ball that if we were in Nippert, if Evan Prater had thrown it the way he threw it when he was being pressured, uh, would have ended up probably about 30 rows up in the bleachers. Um. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he just aired it out over there, just trying to get rid of it. Um, but yeah, Arquan looked. I mean, the the whole secondary. Like I said, there were there were definitely some coverage sacks, uh, just because they had no, they didn't have a whole lot of time back there. But again, that's also a tribute to how well the defensive line was playing. Yeah. So obviously, uh, things are looking up. I know that we've been uh, at least you and, and Chad from what you guys have been able to have access to and, and see been pretty high on the defense. Um, and it doesn't seem like there will be necessarily, you know, some people I guess thought maybe there might be a little step back. Um, it seems like maybe they're, uh, they really do have the, the things in line now uh, to continue bringing guys in that can just slot in and uh, take care of uh, the role that they're put into. That sounds good and well, it, very exciting. I know we've beat on this drum quite a, quite a bit with BCJ, but you have to consider the last three classes are in succession the highest rated classes that UC has right. ever had as far as recruiting goes. Well, so uh, you, you would expect but, that they should be able to reload, if that makes right. sense. You know what I mean? Like I, I know that obviously this last season was a little bit crazy because you had – 
had six-year players. You had guys with that extra COVID year. You had guys that wouldn't have been at UC for as many years had you not had the craziness of the world around us. Uh, but it played into our hand and got us into the college football playoffs. So. But, but then that also, I mean, that also plays into your hand with allowing, because the, the guys that are still there, they all still benefit from having an extra COVID year, right? So, like, they can develop a little bit more yeah. than maybe, you know, maybe they would have. Um, and those are all things and we we've talked about it with the basketball team. Um, you know, now with the football team also, like you, there, there's going to need to be that step up. And Luke talks about that uh, all the time about, you know, there's always somewhere else to level up, to keep going. Um, and so the more you can do that, the more that they can, put out there that this is the place to be this is the place to, to show up to uh if you want if you want to get to that next level playing big time games and uh potentially uh show up on on sundays as maybe a high level draft pick um that we'll probably so, see coming up soon so chad talked about that with uh with dave on thursday but do you think that the nfl draft this year um is potentially the biggest weekend ever for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Well, Chad, Chad, Chad tweeted about it. He, he tweeted the dates. Mm-hmm. I think it's like what April 28th to the 30th being like mm-hmm. big time, like for the, for the program. Uh, somebody like responded back to it and was like, Oh, a lot of recruits or something. And I just, I responded back with like, a, I think it was a, a draft gif of some sort. Like, you know, this guy's getting picked, whatever. Um, but I, I, so I just been the sound. I don't know that you can. Uh, I mean, I guess I could have found the little audio clip to put on on Twitter. But I, I was I was too happy that I got Chad's reference immediately, so I needed to put a GIF out there. Um, but I, I I would say that it is probably the biggest weekend. I mean, yes, we played the college football playoff. Yes, we had like you know we went into South Bend and you know made made brian kelly sad like we did these things but that this draft to be able to say like that that's the thing is like these when kids come to programs to big time programs like what attracts people to go to alabama right they want to go to alabama because they they want to have a chance to play in big they want to have a chance to play in big time games and they want to have a chance to develop in a way that they can have a chance to be drafted and then also maybe even be an undrafted guy, but to play in the NFL, right? right. Like you're, you're not going you know, to, you're not committing to play football for Xavier. If you want to play in They're the NFL. I know they don't. That was the point. Used but to. You're, you're not committing to some of these other places. If that's, you know, your dream, like the top guys, right? The guys that you want that can get your university to be playing in big time games. Those guys aren't going to show up at your doorstep if they don't think that they can get to the next level after that. And so to be able to to go into this draft and potentially have, you know, eight guys go in this draft and a couple of them very, very high, It I don't think you can really put, like, a measurable on, on what that does for your program recruitment-wise. Because then you have them going, like... Like look at what like you have with like Travis Kelsey in the in the NFL, right? Like 
who's always repping the UCs, scoring touchdowns and, and throwing it up. Like mm-hmm. these are big things for your program. You can so, point to that. So here's where I would ask you, maybe it's not just this weekend. Maybe it's the culmination of the entire year, but how much money in free advertising simply from being successful has UC had this year between, you know, the beating Notre Dame between the college football playoff. And even before that, the winning, winning the AAC championship, which was nationally televised being talked about every weekend on every single football show. We're almost at daily between, between ESPN, between good morning football, between, because you have sauce made an appearance on ESPN today. You have Des being talked about on Ed's favorite show, Pat McAfee today. Let's say that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're literally all over the place. I, I think that we're at the point where I, I, I think it's safe to say, I think it's safe to say you have two first round picks now. Oh, I mean, sh- like, I, I think, I think Des has launched himself. If Des is not the, yeah. the first quarterback taken, he will be the second quarterback taken. I, I think that that's a foregone conclusion at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I think and, he's going to Pittsburgh. And I think, I, I think sauce is going to be in the top five. Seven at worst. Well, only be, and yeah. Ed brings up Pittsburgh, and with the passing of Dwayne Haskins, RIP, um, that situation just become became even more, more important. But does he? But does he? I mean, like, who knows? Like, does he even really drop that far? I mean, I guess that, it depends. That's a great on, question. It's going to depend on who's who, what everybody's board looks like, and where they got him ranked. Because well, it, you know, if he's higher up on some boards, and that could also change. Depending on if people trade out because they don't want to take Atlanta, you know, do you want to take a quarterback at eight or do you want to let somebody jump in at eight and take a defensive player while you jump down and take Des later on and and grab another first round pick? Do the Saints want to take Des with one of the two first round picks that they have? Do the Eagles want to back up for Jalen Hurts with one of the two first round picks that they have? Detroit also has two first round. I think there's something like eight teams with two first round picks or something outrageous right now Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of teams but if you want that free fifth year where you can just give them that extension that that fifth year extension on a first round pick i think des goes in the first round but i think that goes back to what i was talking about with all this free publicity for the university of cincinnati they're in the driver's seat right now for a team where if you go there as a very high recruit as a I'm talking like four or five star. You have a good shot at cracking into at least the twos early on (laughs) right now, as this we're still, as Chad likes to refer to in the toddler, (laughs) the, the, the toddler age of this football program, we're, we're, we're past the infancy. We made it to the college football playoff, Mm -hmm. but we're in the, we're in the toddler phase. Still figuring out how to walk and use our, our hands. Yeah, no, this is the it, it. He's he's right as he sometimes is uh, in saying that this is uh he, oh he's not down there no um, he's dropped away uh, but you know in, in saying that this is a very impactful weekend that is coming up here at the end of April for the program and all signs are pointing to saying that it is going to be positive because you're going to have like I said potentially eight guys drafted. 
Like you with, don't hear about that from with a ninth guy a, who might be a very high undrafted free agent in yeah. I mean in Curtis you're Brooks. Gonna, you're gonna have you're just gonna you're gonna have guys that you're gonna be able to go to and say, look, these dudes here, they came to UC, they put in the work, they got the results here at UC. We had we had good teams here, we had success here at this university at a high level, college football playoff. You know, maybe some other you know, New Year's Six games, this, that, and the other. But then when it came time to move to the next level, they were prepared for it. They were ready, and they got drafted. A couple of them here in the first round. These guys, they went in the second, the you know, third round. Like, even some late picks. Like, we had some guys that, that did that, and now look what they're doing in the NFL. And then you point at Travis Kelsey. Do you know what Chad said last <laughs> night about Shaman Mateo? Oh. I, I, I don't. I didn't did you listen it. to the BBP yet? No. I listened to the first 30. Chad thinks that Shamanter may be the best tight end. He has a chance to become, not not maybe, but has a chance to become the best tight end that UC has had. Wow. Since Travis Kelsey. I mean, he he's been high he's been high on him for for some time. He's he he always throws in like if you listen, he throws in little snippets about him anytime he gets a chance. So, I I would I, I compared him I compared him to being silky. Silky with his with, as a tight end. With, silky. With his, yes. I asked if it was okay to say that with the way that he runs his routes. Because okay. at that size, at you know, 240, 260, whatever mm-hmm. he's at, he running 22 miles an hour, 21 miles an hour, whatever he's been clocked at. It doesn't make sense that by the laws of physics, it doesn't make sense that he should be moving the way that he's moving. Okay. So um, also uh, Go ahead. one of the things I didn't mention, Ryan Coe, uh, the new kicker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Missed two. He did miss two, um, but he's not performed well by Chad's count um, in the bubble. He performs much better in Nippert. I heard it spells. Um, he has something to do with it. Uh, uh, it has nothing to do with the smell, which is usually just there. Oh. But it has more to do with the way that the field goal posts are more or less just a like blow up hanging down oh. from the the bubble wall. I think I did it's, see that from your your picture. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super makeshift and it's not ideal. Um, oh. so it's just different. But um, yeah, that about. It wraps up the spring game. Covers uh, pretty much. I mean, unless you have any other questions. No, I think we're. It's we're at two. We're, yeah. at, we're at two hours. I think we've probably exhausted everybody's uh, eardrums. At this yeah, there's point. there's no there's no one left in Twitter. When I was when I, when I took a break earlier, uh, there was about fifteen people on Twitter, and yeah. now we're we're at, we're none. I was the only yeah. one when I checked it a minute ago. So yeah. it's a long show. Interesting to read. It was a long show and. Uh, again, thank you to Nick Kirby for uh, literally answering the call here from the show yeah, as he uh, comment in. Um, I don't know why that was the first time that we've had him on, but it was the first time we've had him on. So uh, we definitely appreciate it and hope that that's something we can do again here soon. But outside of that, for my boys, Jeff, for Ed, for my dad, Chad, uh, <laughs> this is part pardon the punctuation. And... We out. What?